0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Clackamas County Winter Fair and Holiday Market. Lights, holiday treats and crafts, festive cheer, and of course, Santa and Mrs. Claus. Fridays and Saturdays from December 2nd through the 23rd, 5 to 10 p.m. only at the Clackamas County Fairgrounds in Canby. Tickets and information at ccwinterfair.com. This episode is also brought to you by Odd Pizza in Camby. Handmade awesome pizza plus craft beer, wine, and cider delivered. Order today at 503-263-8444 or visit them online at oddmos.com.
1: Welcome to Now Hear This Candy. Your source for news. The threat of a possible teacher strike was avoided this week. There's a new irresistibly cute creature winning over fans and its name is Scootaloo. Sports. It's like Lucy in the football. You want to kick a field goal if they take it away from you. We
2: had
0: to learn how to win.
1: Goal
2: can't be in the last second of the
0: game. And interesting conversations because i'm one of the strongest girls ever and i know that for a fact i just really enjoy writing gossip as if i was a bear
1: (laughs) with an old maid daughter that make the best moonshine in the coast (laughs) if it would hit me in the face i think i would have died i really do it it, it,
0: i guarantee you would have died man are you kidding me (laughs) Welcome to the Now Hear This Can Be Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tyler Frankie, and this is what's happening this week in our community. Cue your favorite Michael Scott from the office gift, guys, because it's happening. That's right. The state's long-awaited repaving and reconstruction of a busy one-and-a-half-mile stretch of Highway 99E through the heart of Canby is officially underway. Also called First Avenue, the stretch of highway is one of the most critical and no doubt the most well-traveled thoroughfares in the city of Canby. The Oregon Department of Transportation, which is heading up the estimated $20.2 million facelift, says it will include new features and improvements to make driving, biking, walking, taking transit, or using mobility devices safer and easier along Highway 99E in Canby. As of this week, crews have begun construction on revamping sidewalks and adding ramps and other curb upgrades in the project area, including at Birch Street near McDonald's and South Elm. Transportation officials say that over the next several weeks, short segments of the left or right lane in either direction of Highway 990 will be closed around the clock for drainage and sidewalk curb ramp work. Left turns will be restricted when work takes place at intersections. The traffic impacts that are expected to continue this fall and through spring of 2023 include periodic single lane closures on 99E between 7 p.m. and 6 a.m. on weekdays and until 10 a.m. on weekends, periodic single lane closures on side streets between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., and shoulder and sidewalk closures on 99E with signed accessible detours for people walking and rolling. The first of the 10 intersections that will ultimately see the addition of Americans with Disability Act or ADA accessible curb ramps include the east side of Southwest 4th Avenue and the south side of Birch Street and along the south side of 99E at South Locust, Knott and Juniper Streets. Starting next year, the project will fully repave the entire section of Highway 99E from Berg Parkway to Pine Street including excavation and replacement of several inches of roadbed and pavement for a safer, smoother ride. ODOT will also improve traffic signals with new detectors and crosswalks at South Elm, South Grant, and South Ivy Street. Reconstruct several short sections of sidewalk along the corridor and update striping along the highway for consistent lane width to encourage slower, safer speeds. New bicycle lanes will be added to both sides of the highway between Southwest Berg Parkway and South Elm. Finally, the state says it will also partner with Canby Area Transit on improvements to increase safety and access for transit users as bus shelters are added in the area. For more information about the project, including frequently asked questions, or to subscribe for updates, visit bit.ly canbypaving. Portland General Electric announced Friday it was taking steps towards safety and security after an attack on one of its substations in the Clackamas area last month left more than 6,000 homes without power. And a notice the company said the deliberate attack in late November briefly impacted an estimated 6,400 customers, but PGE's team assessed the damage and restored service. There will always be new challenges to the grid, Eric Barnard, PGE's senior director of security, said in the release. We take every one of them seriously. As an essential service provider, we continually strive to strike the right balance between reliability, affordability, and security, and our customer prices reflect reasonable and prudent expenditures. We work to thwart the most likely and significant risks to our system. Electrical substations are a complicated and potentially dangerous part of the nation's electrical system, tasked with converting high-voltage electricity from long-distance transmission lines into the lower voltages used by businesses and residents. The attack was one of four that happened in the Pacific Northwest in late November. The Bonneville Power Administration has also confirmed what it described as, quote, a deliberate physical attack that damaged a the substation in Clackamas County early on Thanksgiving morning. PGE, the BPA, Cowlitz County Public Utility District, and Puget Sound Energy confirmed that they have experienced a total of six separate attacks on electrical substations in that state and in Washington. All of the attacks were conducted using firearms, officials said. The attacks happened prior to a similar one in Moore County, North Carolina in early December, which left two substations and more than 45,000 without power for several days. In the wake of those attacks, uh, federal law enforcement and utility officials have warned that they may be linked to online chatter by extremist groups calling for such acts of sabotage and even providing instructions on how to do it. PG said it is working with the FBI to investigate the attack. Additionally, the company said it is working to increase security. Forest Forever Incorporated, a community nonprofit based in Clackamas County, last month launched its annual Friends of Hopkins fundraiser, which helps support operations and maintenance at its Hopkins Demonstration Forest in Beaver Creek. Last year's Friends of Hopkins fundraiser raised more than $21,000 $21,000 for the 140-acre demonstration forest located in rural Clackamas County, south of Oregon City. We really appreciate the great support Forest Forever has received over these many years, said Mike Bondi, a board member and one of the co-founders of the organization in 1990. It has been amazing to watch our programs grow and the casual use of our forest become so important to so many community members. Bondi said the annual Friends of Hopkins fundraising campaign is dedicated each year to helping keep the lights on, gates open, and the restrooms clean. We receive grants for programs and facility improvements, but we raise additional monies for the more day-to-day expenses of operating the forest and our improvements, Bondi said. Other income that supports the demonstration forest is their active forage management and the sustainable harvest of trees on the property. For more information about this year's fundraising project or to receive a donation mailer, call 503-655-5524, Donations can also be made online at demonstrationforest.org. The group is also continuing work and fundraising for a major new addition to the Hopkins Demonstration Forest, a 2,400 square foot outreach center that will provide residential space for the forest host and accommodations for overnight guests, along with a conference room and office. About $254,000 worth of donations were committed to the project during the quiet phase before it was formally announced in May. The public fundraising campaign has so far raised about two-thirds of the estimated $250,000 it will take to complete the project. A family's search for the perfect Christmas tree turned into a search and rescue operation after they became stuck in several feet of snow in Marion County this past weekend. On Sunday, deputies with the Marion County Sheriff's Office were called to help a family of five who became stranded the day before on the Clackamas-Brightonbush Scenic Byway or Oregon Forest Road 46 in Mountain Hood National Forest. Deputies, along with an off-duty Lynn County search and rescue volunteer, helped find the family and bring them safely down the mountain. Members of the Santiam Snowmobile Association also helped with the rescue. These events are always a team effort to help resolve successfully, the sheriff's office said in a news release. The Sheriff's Office reminds and encourages residents to know before you go. That means checking weather conditions and confirming the planned area is open to visitors. Also consider whether you have appropriate supplies to survive a few days if you should become stranded and make sure someone knows where you're going and when you plan to be back. Cougar Country, hometown sports coverage is brought to you by Rife and Hunsaker PC. When you need an attorney, turn to the firm Cambius Trusted for over 50 years. Call them today at 503 266 3456. For the latest sports news, follow us on Twitter at Cougar Country OR and Instagram at Cougar Country Pod. 3 Canby can-be-seventh-grade football players are re- representing their town and their state on one of the sport's largest stages this week as the first annual National Middle School Championship Tournament at the 2022 U.S. Army Bowl kicks off at the Star, the practice home of the Dallas Cowboys in Frisco, Texas. Billed as America's biggest week in football, the week-long event invites top athletes and teams from all over the country to showcase their ability and compete on the nation's biggest football stage, long known as hosting one of the top high school all-star games in the country for aspiring football stars, and one that is closely watched by the nation's top college coaches, scouts, and media, the middle school tournament is a new addition this year. Team Oregon, or the Oregon's as they prefer to be known, is one of 32 that will be vying this Week for the title of the country's best middle school football team. Among the 35 seventh graders selected for the squad are three from Canby lineman Benjamin Preciato, safety Brody Grisham, and linebacker Lincoln Woolsey. The trio tried out in August and were handpicked for the squad, according to their coach Jason Grisham. It's really cool, Brody Grisham told Now Here This Canby in an interview last week. I was surprised, honestly. It feels amazing. It feels great because I've always wanted to go to different states, agreed Woolsey, who said he has been playing the sport since kindergarten. To be able to play football with and against some of the best players from Oregon and other states is like a dream come true. Being selected for the tournament was a perfect capper to a magical season for the 7th grade team, which finished as the number two squad in the state after falling to Lake Oswego 6-0 in the championship game last month. We went further than we expected, Preciado said. The championship was pretty intense. We fell short, but it was a fun experience. With Team Oregon's members scattered across the state, practices have been a challenging affair in recent weeks. Taking place over Zoom calls before coming together at Ing Island Boys Camp in Salem last week. The Oregon's will play four games in Frisco, starting with a cross-country showdown with Team Massachusetts on Tuesday night. And despite a dicey weather forecast that morning, the game kicked off as planned with Oregon triumphing 34 to nothing. They were to take on Team Texas Wednesday night. Oregon's eighth-grade team also came out on top in opening day action, 22 to nothing, while the state's sixth graders lost a heartbreaker, 6-0. Hey,
2: Frankie. What's up, dude? <gasps> ah,
0: intruder! Alexis, call 411.
2: <laughs> uh, who's Alexis? Oh,
0: it's just you, Tyler. Sorry about that. You know, the days are getting shorter and darker, and before you know it, 6 p.m. is gonna feel like midnight. And with the holidays coming, Christmas deliveries on the way, and all, I've I've just I've been getting more security conscious, and I guess it's just making me a little paranoid. Yeah. So that's what all this is. Looks. Looks like quite the setup. Oh yeah we decided to really invest in a top-of-the-line Wi-Fi connected video security system. Just one little problem. What's that? Well, just look at this! We tested it out during Halloween, and look how grainy and pixelated the video is. Everybody looks like Minecraft characters, and (laughs) only a couple were actually wearing Minecraft costumes. This is supposed to be 4K high-def video. I know, I know you're gonna say it's my internet service provider like you always do, but I made sure to place my Wi-Fi router in a central location and I think my download speeds are decent. Oh, Frankie, how many times have we got to
2: go over this? You always focus on the download speeds, but it's the upload speeds that really matter here. When you've got cameras that are uploading data to your smartphone app through the internet. I guess I should just hope I get robbed by someone wearing a Minecraft mask. Of uh, sure. Or, or you could just switch to DirectLink, where they have internet upload speeds up to 10 times faster than other local providers. Oh. For uploads at the speed of security, visit www.directlink.coop slash internet. Or give them a call, 503-266-8111.
0: Okay, so I am sitting in um, what was formerly the Spinning Wheel restaurant, among other things, with uh, Travis Savane. Hey, Travis. Hello. Um, And we're here to really talk about uh, two kind of comebacks uh, with the return of this restaurant, also known as 99 Roadhouse, uh, Route 99 Roadhouse most recently, Double Aught, um, and also the return of Jarbo's (laughs) at a new location. But uh, a lot of folks will recognize that name. Um, Tell us a little bit about, uh, I guess, just your role with what's going on here.
3: Um, So I'm the general manager. Cool. Um, Born and raised here in Gamby. Yeah. Uh, And I moved away for about 10 years. Moved around, lived in Montana, New Orleans, and Mm -hmm. Houston. Mm -hmm. Um, Running steakhouses and restaurants around there. Okay. And then I was back in Montana for my second time, and Hank had been remodeling this and Mm. called me up and... Uh, so I'd want to bring back Jarbo's to Cambie with me. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I happily said I'd be here back in a month. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans, you said. Yeah, That's yeah. quite a food scene down there. Yeah. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Was awesome. yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. So, uh, you know, always kind of on the general management side, do you do cooking and stuff as well? Or? Uh, I started, with things as a dishwasher when oh, I was really? 15. Oh, really? When I was 15. Your my... first job was Jarbo's, Yes, Yeah. At Jarbo's yeah. Girl. yeah. Okay. Was, he called me on my 15th
3: birthday and started that night as a dishwasher. Yeah. Uh, Cooked a little bit there, uh, yeah. but you know I love cooking. It's always yeah. been a fun part of mine too. Mm. So uh, then I got into serving, and then bartending got to be my favorite thing. So that's mm. why New Orleans became a kind of destination I wanted to make it to. But yeah. first I moved out to Montana, lived there for five years, got into bartending, bar management, and then became an assistant general manager, then a GM, and then I moved to New Orleans. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, ended up becoming assistant manager there. Yeah, and, and we on Bourbon rest- Street. Uh, it's a, two blocks off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Any Doors good Metropolis, stories yeah. from out Doors there? George Metropolitan's amazing steakhouse. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, tons of them. I mean, it's such a cool city. There's
0: nothing <laughs> we like We could do North. a whole podcast on that. Oh maybe. yeah. There's
3: nothing like North. It's the most unique culture in the country. Yeah. Like, I, I, two years was enough for me. It was yeah. fun. But it was definitely it was amazing. I, I suggest everyone to go there yeah. The, the
0: yeah. food, and the music, yeah. the cocktails. It's i learned more there than anywhere else. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. Um, for folks who may not know or may have trouble remembering, um, it's a little before my time. Tell us about Jarbo's. Um, obviously, it's uh, what it's now Neuro. Yeah. Um, most recently, as a restaurant, it was Grand Central, probably ten years ago. Roughly, yeah. Um, but yeah, what was Jarbo's like? It was kind of the uh, I mean, main family yeah. restaurant of Cami. Yeah. Yeah. For a while, it was kind of the only. And
3: then originally, it was where the wild hair is. Okay. And then that was Hank's first restaurant. Gotcha. Okay. And then was that Jarbo's as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he ended up moving it to where that one is. Yeah. And then he put a bar called there called the Fourth Quarter. Yeah. And then ended up selling the business to Joan and Darren to Heron. Yeah. the in. Uh, But then he had it over there at that Jarbo's, the one off of Elm Street for probably ten years, twelve years. Yeah. Uh, and it was a family spot. My family went there for five nights a week after me and my brothers were all three sport athletes. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, uh, You know, at the end of a eight o'clock, nine o'clock night, my parents didn't want to cook, so Mm. luckily we were able to go eat there. Yeah, (laughs) and so I got to know Hank since I was about four. Yeah, growing up, running around Jarbo's. Yeah, it was really fun, and then started working from there and it was I mean it was one of those cool spots that people just went into and felt comfortable mm. We had so many regulars and it's kind of that's my favorite thing about candies so yeah. mean, like even coming back like I have like you know right everybody again, it's, yeah. it's fun just in yeah and bedroom, it's yeah. that small town feeling and yeah. like living in the big cities like I have it's really cool to come back
0: to this and yeah. it's comfortable it's yeah. nice and that's what
3: we're trying to do here again
0: yeah just kind of replicate that yeah so. So, um, obviously, uh, folks listening to this can't see, but it looks very different in here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tell us a little bit about the the work that's going on and how Good. long has it been going on here? Uh,
3: Hank's been doing it for seven, eight months. And Hank, uh, Drywell yeah. is uh, one of the property owners. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so he's been around for seven, eight months. Um, and it's just been, you know, trying to bring it up to where... It should be for us to be in our restaurant doing yeah. this. And, uh, you know, to where Canby would be happy about it. That's her biggest thing. Yeah. We're both – he grew up in Canby also. So yeah. We're both big Canby people and love the town. So that's part of Jarbo's too that it was when it was over there. And what we're going to do here is have pictures of Canby from, like, the old logging pictures. Mm. And uh, I went to Karis Elementary School. There's an old picture of Karis. It's going to be up on the wall. Oh, cool. Cool. Uh, so things like that. You
0: know? Yeah. Because like, this we wanna is a the, the, store the place. place. It's almost yeah.
3: 100 years old, right? Or It's, something, it's like yeah. 90, I
0: think. Yeah. 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 Um, Obviously, uh, more recently, it's kind of uh, you know had the reputation. Nothing wrong with that, but kind of a, of the country bar, kind of your mm-hmm. classical uh, kind of place to, to go and have a good time, but mainly for grown ups, right yeah. uh, after yeah. work and things like kind of like you were talking about. Um, but before that, and it sounds like kind of what you guys are looking back to, the spinning wheel was uh, well known as a yeah. restaurant and really a. a Pretty good restaurant. Yeah, you know, no, I remember, that, I remember reputation eating for food. Yeah, there when I was a
3: little kid. Yeah, so it's kind of that's why it's really fun for me is bringing back Jarvo's to Cambie with Hank in a building that I remember eating in. Mm. This is yeah. the coolest part about it. To me. Yeah, it's like very, I think the word serendipitous. Serendipity, yeah. is that right yeah. the right? Yeah, that's right. we close enough. Uh, <laughs> something like that. But, uh, <laughs> Who knows words? But like it's very like you know full circle awesome yeah. moment to be doing, that. especially because I remember this building when there wasn't like the openings here. Yeah, and there was just a door that went in there. There was a smoking section on this side and a non-smoking section on that side. Okay,
0: back when you could smoke in restaurants, yeah. When
3: I was really little, it so.
0: was we uh, the family thing. That's yeah, Added add a lot more light. You added mm-hmm. some more windows. Yep. Yeah. yeah. definitely. A lot of paint. A lot of a lot,
3: a lot of a lot of stuff like that too. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit more, kind of about the aesthetic. You got the tin on the walls mm-hmm. and uh, just what, what you're going for here. Like cream and white.
3: Um, like I said, the history. There's gonna be a lot of pictures around Cambie around here too. Yeah. We're gonna to, like back here actually. Which you guys can't see, but behind this booth there, back here, there's gonna be some kids' games. Oh, cool. Back here. Yeah. I find for the first time in my life get to be an uncle finally. I I'd come <laughs> home once a year and see him and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want them to be here and hanging out. When yeah. My nephew's Mason. He's 13. Yeah. He'll get to work here when he's 15. Yeah. You know, 16, like that time. So it'll be fun to kind of do that too. So yeah. Family and you know just a comfortable Cambie's
0: place where everyone can hang out. of yeah,
3: yeah. Get great food. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so let's talk about the food. I know that's a, a big focus. Uh, even before we started recording, you were uh, telling me about the food and really excited about it. So um, that's that's your big focus is, is yeah. really making that.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's like you're kind of saying touching on the place before and yeah. locations before multiple them like are big things, like eventually, yes, everyone keeps asking if we're gonna do music and stuff, and yeah. eventually, yeah, I'll probably bring in some music and do that, and we have a great stage in Area 4 of that, so, yeah. Um, but I really wanna focus on the restaurant and yeah. the food, and I think consistency of service and food's definitely the thing me and Hank, like, that's our probably our quote, I guess, would be consistency of food and service. And if you do that, you know, and you listen to your guests, then places tend to succeed, so that's kind of our whole direction about it, you know, we're gonna be heavy on the steaks and seafood side, but we'll have sandwiches and burgers and some great pastas. Yeah. That.
0: Yeah, do you sort of see uh, a niche for that in the current um, restaurant scene in Cami? Obviously, it, it's not it, back in the Jarbo days where there's only yeah. one. We've right. we got a few, um, but really don't necessarily have that like really good steakhouse kind
3: of place. well it's funny for me managing steakhouses around the country. Like, yeah, we're coming back now. Like, we didn't intend for it to you go into a steakhouse, it thinking that, but that's but it's sort of, kind of evolving into it now. And, and it kind, of, it kind of fun.
0: And I've seen people kind of saying on Facebook and then kind mm-hmm. of asking for that. And, yeah, yeah. It and just, so it's
3: kind of like, a, like something <laughs> I tell everyone too, right? restaurants aren't a black and white thing it's yeah. a very you have to adapt and if the city's saying that that's what they want and that's kind it's of kind of silly to be like no this yeah. is what
0: you're getting well we bought our
3: we bought a grill <laughs> we literally bought a grill first and then it's kind of gone to that point to now where today we just got another bigger one in oh cool we were like well if that we got to be able to cook all this. wow <laughs> so
0: out so so yeah, that so, but into that's how it should grill. be like yeah
3: you know, like if the first couple everything we're going to print first well, like all of our menus will be on paper first cuz oh, cool. all of a sudden it's day two and if something's it. not working and everyone talks to us <laughs> about it, I want to be able to change it. Yeah. You know, like as much as Hank and me work in restaurants, Yeah, we also understand that that's, we don't know everything. Yeah. Because it's still always, there's always stuff to learn. If someone, people come in here and us doing what we're doing in Canby, there's, I wouldn't, you know, we're definitely going to be different than, mm. they're all awesome here. That's yeah. like, I, what I love about it. And I go to them every other night and stuff like that all around. So it's.
0: The other restaurants. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but to, like we're going to have a, Larger wine list yeah. than anywhere else here in yeah. town right now, and um, we're we'll higher end. You mean you're looking at no, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Bring something, minute. bring something back. Yeah. To candy. It's kind of yeah. different, so it's, you yeah. Know, we'll have a higher end cocktail list. That's uh, uh, kind of big, it was my background growing around it was bartending, so yeah, like, cocktailing and wine, that whole beverage side. of it's my favorite, so yeah. maybe Big there, but then along with we're gonna use prime grade beef. Mm. Uh, we're gonna do prime rib every single night, which no one else really around here does that nice. either. Yeah. So I'll try to do something like
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Hmm? Pool? No, no pool table. No pool table. That's not the aesthetic or kind of the no, vibe you're going no. for. Yeah, Yeah, just want to be as far as,
3: like, in this side, families come hang out and kids can go play in the games and the parents, if they want to, grab another beer, another Pepsi, you know, and hang out for a little yeah. bit longer and relax. Yeah. It's My favorite, this has been so much fun. I've never actually opened a restaurant first yeah. like this. I've always been a part of them once they go in. So it's, this part's been really fun, but my favorite part is going around talking to people. Yeah. And that's you know the chaos of restaurants it's like one of my favorite things because it's, it's extremely organized chaos you never know what any day is going to be like yeah. you never know who's going to walk through the door if they're <laughs> happy they're sad they're celebrating right, random podcaster walk through the- <laughs> sure you know but it's like you never know and that's my favorite thing yeah. I and mean, we all have to adapt and learn are on the fly Yeah, and I love that like I said, organized chaos of it. I yeah. love the analogy of like a duck on a pond. Yeah. And like the duck looks beautiful as it's swimming along. But yeah. Underneath the feet are just going like crazy. And that's kind a, of the idea of You picked a good
0: spot for that as well. Yeah. Right here yeah. on 99. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the history that the police has, yeah. I bet you'll get some some colorful experiences. But yeah. yeah. Maybe not to rival New Orleans, but we'll see. Yeah. no, no <laughs> Hopefully not. No, hopefully not. Um, so obviously, Hank, uh, super busy guy. We've kind of seen him around. Uh, very hands on in this project. I don't want to necessarily ask you to, to speak for him, but I think it's kind of cool that he had this vision I want to bring Jarvis back kind of called you and brought you into it um, why do you think that that was so important to kind of bring that back to Canby for him uh, something that obviously was a big part of his life in the past and uh, kind of felt like it was the time to bring it back um, well, I think because he's got a spot in Wilsonville,
3: Boston yeah, and then he's got a spot in Westland, Lindsay yeah. Pub and uh, he's got two awesome managers in both of those places yeah. and then um, he's kind of hitting the point in his career where he doesn't really want to be the one running around doing Day-to-day. the crazy Day-to-day. hourly yeah. weeks yeah. where me here jack at lynn city and andy at boston's we're, were crazy enough to do it so, <laughs> and uh, young enough <laughs> yeah and so you know he's kind of ready to step back and kind of do that part of this so once we get it going and everything like that i mean i'm going to be the one here all the time doing yeah. things, so it'll be be a lot of fun and for me our head coach,
1: yeah. <laughs> so, yeah
0: awesome yeah. um what what uh what's sort of your timeline? What are you looking uh, where Do you have a sure. tentative opening yep. day? We're, a... we're shooting it open January 2nd. Okay, we're wow. Full open. Yeah. Right up. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. insane. So, mm-hmm. um, so you you're, you 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 mentioned you have your head chef, you're, you're hiring up and everything. How's that going?
3: Really great. I mean, yeah.
0: I would say everyone in the restaurant
3: business will say the toughest part is cooks. Yeah. And finding that staff. But, sure. Um, so everyone been... to focus on the food like you do. Sure, yeah. yeah. And I was going to say, I've been lucky enough to where um, we haven't been that bad yeah. so it's you know it's fallen together yeah. <laughs> yeah nice nice
0: nice um, how can folks… Still uh, hiring cooks though. Find okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, are, is there, do you have social media and stuff going? Is there a way folks can um, stay tuned? Website eventually? I mean, yeah, like I'm trying that? to say as much as I can when I can be now. and so, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've seen him.
3: I'm definitely not a person that hides. Yeah. <laughs> I like, yeah. I like going around talking to people about everything. Yeah. Um, my email if anyone wants to reach out is just Travis at Jarbo's Grill. Okay. Um, and then I'm working on the Facebook side of thing and everything. But yeah. as you can see, like, we're close to having stuff up here where I can start in taking here. it.
0: Um, so outside going to stay pretty much the same. I assume a new sign is coming eventually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, it's
3: like everything else in this building, nothing was easy to change yes. and fix. So, uh, we finally got the right sign made and everything. Now it's trying to find the people to put it up there. Which yeah. They're going to put it up on the 30th. Okay. Uh, I think it was the day of the thirty. So we'll oh, have the new sign up there then. We're going to do, a few days before you open. Yeah. Right. Well, that'd be, be a good kind this. of
0: announcement. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And we're gonna do a couple like soft openings, and invite some friends in and some family to like, okay. kinda of critique stuff the week before and yeah. train the staff. I'm really big on training. That's yeah. my our staff will do pre shifts three, four days a week where I'll yeah. we'll have them all come at the same time and we'll teach and train on different stuff where it's beer, liquor, wine, food. Yeah. Um, just different stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah, for we'll sure. do that all the week before and then to. It's
0: like you've done this before. No, I, have you actually mm-hmm. opened
3: restaurants before? I've, the only one I've ever actually been a part of opening was the yeah. Twilight Buffalo Wild. Okay. But I don't oh, really cool. know. That. I love Wildlands.
0: Yeah. I worked for Buffalo Actually, I love that one specifically.
3: I've been there. Yeah. I worked for Buffalo Wild for a long time. And I, when they opened that one, I moved from the downtown Portland location because I did track and field at Portland State. Okay. And, uh, once I left there, I ended up going and opening that one. So every other one I've been a part of is all been going for a while. When I moved to Houston, I was there four months after they had opened. So okay. there was still a lot of critiquing, still, but not yeah. this phase we me been going through. Yeah, here.
0: yeah, yeah. Um, from, from your experience and different things you've done um, and getting this place ready, I mean, have you and your team kind of uh, encountered like, oh, yeah, this building's 90 years old. They're just, like, weird, weird things. Well, it's not <laughs> funny, because there's a whole lot of, like, add-ons. Uh, Over and, the like, years, for oh,
2: sure.
3: yeah, and, yeah. Like, the the like, way they've done it, like, when we've had to do certain plumbing stuff under, like, through, like, the... This is a
0: house, building. right? Wasn't it a house, like, originally, originally? I don't think it was built as a restaurant. I
3: don't know. I think it, well, yeah. it probably wasn't. It. it probably wasn't. And okay. then it the built into being this many yeah. stuff and everything goes through there. So, uh, But like every old building, there's a lot of things. And I can say after the place that I ran in Montana, that building was uh, built in 1891 or 92. Right. And then I managed a restaurant in the French Quarter. Yeah. I used to work in the old buildings at this point. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it just kind of goes with it. But I mean, from people just kind of patching things. And that's why it's taken a while to remodel. It's always it the kind of funny of like,
0: stuff. if you started from scratch... Like, you would have never necessarily designed it this Mm -hmm. way, but we don't really have a choice, so we're gonna make it work. (laughs) But that's what goes back to restaurants. Everything's smooth. You gotta adapt, you gotta listen. That's kind of everything. The building, you gotta listen to the building, see what it gives you. Yeah, Yeah. cool. Travis, last thing I wanted to ask you, and I've kind of seen it, but I'm uh, sure it's been uh, probably rewarding uh, to you, but seeing the comments online, probably people reaching out, just folks uh, probably, uh, I imagine, you've seen a lot of excitement uh, so far, uh, even just in this early stage. Um, this place is coming back uh, uh, to its glory days
3: yeah even like when I get off of work here and I'll go grab something to eat somewhere and I'll be yeah. sitting down I don't know how many times I've heard just people talking about it yeah and then I slide over not even I'm, knowing who you are yeah, well, yeah. they're, taught, they're yeah. like no this guy Travis says this this yeah. and this and this. And this is happening. I slide over I'm like guys I so want to I introduce am, myself my, my ears Travis. are burning yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm like I am Travis like what kind of questions do you have because I'm not we're i mean i'm open book about everything yeah so, awesome because um, it's so exciting i guess it's the biggest part like, yeah you know, and yeah, people like say the same peeking thing when well, we have it. friends and family that pop in here like all the time yeah. they're just coming in looking people will just stop by it's can be you know yeah. people want to know and it's being a part of that community
0: is the best part yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so january 2nd open um is it gonna be open seven days a week you think yep. or? seven days a week okay. 11 to 10 o'clock at night okay every day mm-hmm. cool awesome all right anything else to add Not really, just excited to be back. Yeah, we're really excited for you guys. Uh, Thanks for everything you're doing. Um, Can't wait to come in when you're open and and taste everything. And um, yeah, the the place is coming along great. Um, You guys are doing a great job. Thanks Thanks for taking time out to talk to us. Ho, ho, ho! Nobody does Christmas like Canby, and the Clackamas County Fairgrounds and Event Center is proving that this year with their spectacular third annual winter fair and first-ever holiday market. On Friday and Saturday nights from December 2nd through the 23rd, celebrate the festive period at the Clackamas County Fairgrounds as you've never seen it before, decked out in a carefully designed half-mile holiday walkthrough experience featuring more than 200,000 lights and show-stopping animations. It's the best of both worlds, with top-of-the-line, cutting-edge LED technology and music, combined with thoughtful and artistic tributes to our most time-honored and beloved country and Christmas traditions. New this year, the Holiday Market will showcase more than 25 local crafters and vendors, offering one-of-a-kind gifts, souvenirs, and delicious treats you can't find anywhere else, along with the best school choirs, bands, and other regional entertainment, performing your Christmas favorites each night to ensure the perfect festive mood. Round out your trip to the winter fair with a visit to Santa's workshop to meet the jolly old elf himself for family photos every day of the fair until 8 p.m. Tickets are on sale now, $10 for adults and teens and $5 for children aged four to 12. Parking and children three and under are free. For tickets and information, visit ccwinterfair.com. Happy holidays to you and yours, and a very Merry Christmas.
1: Canby then will conclude this episode of Down Here This Canby, and it is brought to you by Retro Revival. They are not your average antique shop. They're open daily, and you can find them on the corner of Northwest 3rd and Grant Street in downtown Canby, or you can connect with them through email at retrorevivaloc at gmail.com. Based on real events, the 2008 film Changeling tells the story of a single mother whose son is abducted, then later returned, or is he? Police bring a boy whom they claim is her son, but she doesn't recognize him. When she refuses to accept the imposter, the authorities have her committed to a mental institution. A similar story, albeit one with a much older child and a much happier ending, happened right here in Candy in 1915. Two years earlier, in 1913, Oscar W. Sturgis, a well-known Clackamas County pioneer and Canby farmer, made a very difficult decision. He had his 40-year-old son, Charlie, committed to the State Insane Asylum in Salem. We don't know the exact circumstances of this decision, but we know Oscar Sturgis was in his seventies and his wife, fifteen years younger, was also in poor health. It's a reasonable assumption that the Sturgises were unable to provide the level of care that Charlie needed. The Oregon State Hospital in the early nineteen hundreds was a dark and infamous place, which is not unusual in a time when mental illness was greatly feared and poorly understood. The hospital was underfunded and overcrowded. Later, its staff would infamously take part in the eugenics movement, sterilizing more than 2,600 patients over the years and experimented with practices now considered barbaric, including electroshock therapy and insulin shock therapy, where patients were repeatedly treated with large doses of insulin to induce daily comas. Is it any wonder that in April 1915, less than two years after he'd been institutionalized, Charlie Sturgis escaped from the Oregon State Hospital? It was also probably not surprising to a local officials when a body, an apparent murder victim, turned up in the mountains near Eugene, matching Charlie's description and wearing his hospital-issued clothing. Back in Canby, the Sturgises were informed of the gruesome discovery and sent a family friend, A.J. Burdett, to view the corpse. He positively identified it as Charlie Sturgis. The body was transported back home and laid to rest in a family plot at the Canby Oddfellow Cemetery. Months passed, and the family worked to move on and put the sad episode behind them. As the holidays drew near, one can imagine how heavily the tragic loss of their ill son must have weighed on their parents' hearts. I can only guess that they must have blamed themselves for his death. Then, on November 21st, four days before Thanksgiving, a knock came on the door of the Sturgis family home. It was Charlie Sturgis, miraculously alive, smiling, and in good health, mind, and body. The door had been answered by his sister, Bertha Hurst, who was dumbfounded to see the man she'd assumed had been buried months ago standing before her. When she recovered, she took Charlie to his old room and then went to break the news to their mother. She knew she had to handle this carefully, given her mother's fragile state of health. She asked, can you stand some news, which might be a little shock? Huh, yeah, I guess so, but what is it, her mother replied. She explained that her brother was not dead. In fact, he had just come home, and her mother promptly fainted. Huh, we had to put her to bed and call Dr. Dedham, Bertha later recalled. When Oscar Sturgis was told the news, he had the same reaction. Charlie, of course, had no idea that he'd been pronounced dead, that he'd had a funeral, that there'd even been a body in a cemetery with a tombstone bearing his name. And his sister was reluctant to tell him for fear of the effect that this would have on his mental state. For this same reason, he was not told of the impact his return had had on his parents. Everything possible is being done to prevent Charles Sturgis from becoming excited, the Oregonian later reported. The truth slowly emerged over the next several days. After escaping the state hospital, Charlie had traveled to Washington State, where he'd worked in various towns before deciding he missed home and wanted to see his family. But this, it didn't answer the big question. Who was the man buried in the Sturgis corner of the Canby Cemetery? And why was he wearing Charlie's clothes down to the patient number he'd been issued at the state hospital? Part of this was eventually answered when charlie explained that he had actually escaped the institution in april 1915 with a group of patients after getting away they had all traded clothes before splitting up in order to confuse any authorities they encountered but as to who he was and how he met his grisly fate we'll probably never know we can only assume that the details mattered little to the sturgis family through a seeming miracle the son they had known to be dead was returned to them just in time for the holidays. And, well, sometimes miracles don't need an explanation. Unfortunately, we were unable to pick up any threads of this fascinating story after 1915. If you knew anything about what became of Charles Sturgis and his family, please let us know. Get in touch with us on our website at canbefirst.com. Well, friends, that does it for us for this Thanksgiving episode of Now Hear This Can Be. I'm your host, James Walton. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.
0: Tyler, did you know that the Australian lyrebird can mimic any sound that it hears? Even chainsaws? No. That's uh, super interesting. Did you know that a baby puffin is called a puffling? Uh, Or that baby sea otters can't swim, so their moms wrap them up in pieces of kelp until they learn how to paddle. Wait.
2: Do you know any trivia that isn't, like isn't animal-related?
0: Not really, but here's some stuff you may not know about the Wild Hair Saloon, where Camby goes to eat and have fun. Okay. The Wild Hair is one of Camby's longest-running locally-owned restaurants. Owners Joan and Darren Moden have been in business for 16 years. That's cool. Yeah, heck, you were just a baby back then. I and, Wait, and they love to give back. They've been members of the Canby Chamber for that long, and they donate over $20,000 to local sports, FFA programs, and civic organizations each year.
2: Wow, I'm legitimately, like, caught off. That's
0: cool. Yeah. They also support more than 30 jobs in the community through their award-winning staff, some of them as young as 18. Hey, that's older than you are. N- uh, dude, I'm— I'm 10 months younger than you. With with the days getting longer and the weather getting warmer, the Canby Wild Hair's expansive outdoor patio is the place to be. Furry friends, welcome.
2: Well, that sounds great. I'm going to go check them out just off of Highway 99E next to the Space Age in Canby at 1656 Beaver Creek Road in Oregon City or on their website at (laughs) thewildhairsaloon.net. Now here, This Can Be is produced by me, Tyler Clawson. Our content director and star reporter is Tyler Frankie, And of course, our show is edited by Cameron Clawson. We also feature the vocal talents of Joyce Struby and James Walden. So a round of applause to them. The song that you're hearing right now is Can Be by singer-songwriter Olivia Harms, used with her permission. To find more work from her, you can visit her website, Olivia13.com. Now Hear This Camby is dedicated to preserving independent local journalism and redefining local news with our fun, fresh, and energetic brand of storytelling. Our sincere thanks to our local sponsors who make this show possible. Please show your appreciation by supporting the small businesses who support us. The production of Now Hear This Studios, Camby's locally owned, full-service audio, video, and media production company. Our mission is to produce the best content in the universe and we'd love to help you do it. Find us online at nhtstudios.com.
1: I will take a motion to adjourn. I just moved it. I didn't
2: even ask for it, though. (laughs)